This is Ascension Sundays, an occasional podcast ministry featuring sermons and other audio from Ascension Lutheran Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee. You may find us on the web at www.thisisthefeast.com. That's www.thisisthefeast.com. We're Christ's Church, and there is a place for you here. Today we light the third candle on our wreath. Now the four candles on our wreath are blue, with one white one in the center for Christmas Eve. When I was growing up, the four candles were usually white. The blue one was in the center. Drawing on Roman Catholic practices, today many Advent wreaths have three purple candles and one pink one. Actually, it's Old Rose. That rose candle would have been lit today. Catholics call it Gaudete Sunday. Gaudete meaning rejoice. The word figured prominently in the propers for today's Mass when it was formerly conducted in Latin. We simply call it the third Sunday in Advent, though we've sometimes been known to call this candle the candle of joy. That may seem odd, given the tone of the last two Sundays. First, we acknowledged our need for hope. That involved coming to grips with the darkness around us. Then last week we saw a vision of peace, but we saw very clearly how far from that vision we were. That involved coming to grips with the darkness within us. Nothing in our Advent journey thus far would lead us to think that Advent had a Sunday in it that would be about joy. John the Baptist probably wasn't expecting much joy. His preaching of repentance, his questioning of commonly accepted notions, his message that people had to turn around, had both angered and scared the wrong people. Most of us wouldn't have looked at John's life as described last week with envy. Living in the wilderness, eating rough clothing, eating locusts for food. Although I have to admit that wild honey sounds intriguing. But I imagine John liked it at least better than prison. Last week, John the Baptist was a larger-than-life figure. This week, he's actually a lot like us. Isaiah's vision must seem to him a long way off. Perhaps even his own preaching seems to have been in vain. John sends out messengers to Jesus, asking, Are you the one, or must we keep waiting? Now, none of us have ever had the luxury of getting to send actual people to speak to a physical Jesus. We have had the privilege of speaking to him directly in prayer, but we have to contend with the fact that the Jesus of 2016 is a tad more transcendent than the Jesus of John's day. But how many of us have asked John's question? Have you ever looked around and wondered if what it is we do is worth it? 2,000 years later, can we say the work of Christianity has actively made the world better? In fact, given some of the things that have been done and are being done by Christians in the name of Christ, can we even look around and say that Even if we haven't made it better, at least we haven't made it worse. Do you ever look at your own life and wonder if the things you learned in Sunday school were true? Have you ever wondered or asked, are you really God or should I seek another? Have you perhaps even wondered, is there really a God? Jesus responds to John's messengers. Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. These are all things that, according to at least some schools of first century Jewish thought, 
the Messiah is supposed to do. And they're all happening. But they aren't all happening completely. Not all of the dead are raised. Every single blind person on earth was not restored to sight. And there are still plenty of lame people, however many may now be walking. And the poor are still in need of good news. The prophetic vision of the world to come has not yet come about. But if you look, there are bits of it here and there. By the light of one candle, we couldn't see much other than the darkness itself. By the light of two, we could see how far down the path our destination was. But by the light of three, we can begin to see that maybe the path to get there isn't so bleak. The light of the third candle begins to show us that perhaps we don't reach our destination all at once. Perhaps the first signs of the world to come are already visible. Up to going to prison, John has looked at the world and seen what it needed to repent of. John has looked at the world and seen its need for salvation. Now in prison, John must himself repent or turn around and see the signs that the world is indeed being saved. Our reading from James this week is about waiting. But if you're really astute, you'll notice the word therefore right at the beginning. Therefore? Therefore means something must have preceded that passage, and the passage is dependent on it. What we read is an instruction to the poor to wait for God's justice. But it was immediately preceded by James preaching to the rich and privileged about their needs to live justly. He condemns their actions toward the poor that were unjust. James preaching to the poor would hardly give them any hope without them knowing that he also preached to the rich about their role in that hope. And so it is with the joy of Advent. James's message of hope must can be combined with a message of fear. John's vision of present sin and coming judgment must be combined with a vision of present salvation and coming redemption. Our Advent joy is not an unfettered celebration. For that, we're going to have to wait till Christmas. In the recent Woodmore tragedy, we find only darkness and grief. But we can also rejoice that there are teachers and counselors who stood ready to comfort and care for children. As fires plagued our community and surrounding communities, we found a need for hope. But we can rejoice in the fact that the firefighters had to ask people to stop bringing food and supplies to their staging areas because they had been brought more than they could use. We can rejoice that governors and presidents have put aside ideological differences to make disaster relief available. As we prepare to celebrate the second holiest of Christian feasts, we can see the brokenness in the world, in the fact that not everyone has the means to celebrate. But we can rejoice that our Jewish neighbors, from at least one local synagogue, will spend December 25th, which is not a holiday for them, serving Christmas dinner to Christians and other families who will spend their holiday on the ICU waiting rooms at Erlanger Hospital. Gaudete, that is rejoice, not because unfettered joy has been unleashed on the earth, but because by the light of a third candle, we can see that there are reasons to find joy even when the shrinking darkness is still very much with us. Rejoice, 
not because the new heaven and the new earth and the final redemption are here, but because being blind to the moments of joy along the way would never allow us to persevere long enough to see it. Nothing has changed about Advent overall. There may be more light in the darkness today, but the darkness is here. We still must turn around. We still must repent. But if our journey through Advent is to bring us from darkness to light, from death to life, from ordinary time to Christmas, we must both repent and rejoice. <laughs>